All I have is you. Jesus, all I have is you. Jesus, all I have is you. Jesus, all I have is you. Thank you, Father. 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 Can we begin to wherever we are at this moment? Can we begin to pray in the spirit? Can we begin to pray in the spirit? Can we begin to pray in the spirit? With this focus, the Holy Spirit speak to us today. Speak to me in your word today. In the name of Jesus. Speak to me today in your word. In the name of Jesus. Can we begin to pray? In the name of Jesus, for in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, um, Good evening, everybody. You're welcome to teach us to pray, um, part two. I am so glad to have you here today. And uh, we started this series last week to the glory of God. I would advise that if this is the first time you're attending this meeting, um, best for you to get the previous teaching and follow up from there today we're going to continue in this series by the grace of god we're going to pray now i told us last week to all of us find the scripture that definitely promises us that definitely assures us of our desires a scripture that our prayer point will be based upon i told us to look for the scripture before today and so i want to believe that everyone in this meeting came along with that scripture now if this is your first time or you're just listening to this recording um it's going to be all right you can just uh, look for the scripture more later now Last week, we looked at what prayer is and what prayer is not. Hallelujah. We looked at what prayer is and what prayer is not. Today, we are going to continue with the seven steps to an answer prayer. Seven steps to an answer prayer. Seven steps you can take to get answers to your prayers. You know, we have said this before, that the essence of praying is that we get results. 
Praise the Lord. The essence of praying is so that we get results. In fact, at the point the Lord Jesus said, uh, ask and it shall be given unto you that your joy may be full. So God wants your joy to be full. Praying is an advantage that we have. But we should know how to get results from prayer. Praise the Lord. And so the way today we're going to start from the dispensation of prayer. I'd like us to understand this today, this evening, that um, uh, prayer under the old covenant is different from prayer under the new covenant. Yes, it is the same God. In fact, the Bible makes us understand that uh, God does not change. But the dispensation of prayer under the old covenant is very different from the dispensation of God under this new covenant. Now, hear this. Under the old covenant, that is before the Lord Jesus came and died, the dispensation of prayer is that we entreat God. Hear this. Now, this entreatment of God is not something that is readily available to all men. Some selected people who are Israelites anyway have access to God and they can entreat God. Praise God. They can entreat God to get whatever it is that they want from God. So, in those days, we talk to God, and then God acts on our behalf under the old covenant. And so we we'll see many times, many times when you see when you look at the theme of prayer in the old covenant, there is almost no prayer of faith. Every one of these prayers. Every one of these prayers, as I was saying rather, every one of the prayers in the Old Testament involves entreating God to act. When we look at the case of the prayer of Elijah, very subject to like passion as ours. When we look at that prayer, because that's not really where we're going, we don't read the scripture, you can uh, study it much later. Elijah prayed the kind of prayer that brought. But if you were to study that prayer, all that event in 1 Kings 18, you would discover something. That even despite the fact that we ask God, we entreat God to do things on our behalf in the Old Testament, something is still required. Elijah said, Lord, let the whole house of Israel know that you are God today. 
and that I have done everything at thy word. That I have done everything at thy word. So it, mean, it means that if God has not asked Elijah to do any of those things, then it means there's a possibility that fire will not come down that day. So whether it is prayer under the old covenant or prayer under the new covenant, what we must understand is that the knowledge of the will of God is important. So God could even operate with them in those days. They could entreat God because it was the will of God to manifest themselves under that dispensation at that time in that manner. Praise the Lord now. So you must understand now that it is the will of God now for us to receive all things along Lord Jesus. Romans says, He that spared not his own son, how shall he not along with him freely give you all things? Freely give you all things and so now in the bible says that god has freely given us all things what then are we praying for does it mean we shouldn't pray of course we will pray then how are we meant to pray it means that something has changed surely the israelites didn't have all things surely they didn't have but the bible unto you all things along with the lord jesus so now in this new dispensation in this new kingdom we do not entreat god to come down and do something like in those days and so any prayer point or any kind of getting god to leave strong and come and act on your behalf is going to be finished It is going to end the failure. So how do we pray in this time? Instead of entreating God, what we do is to manifest God. Or in other words, to operate the kingdom of God that is in you. You notice that when the Lord Jesus was teaching them to pray, please note that the Lord's prayer is not a New Testament prayer. The New Testament, or say the New Covenant didn't begin until the Lord Jesus presented his blood in heaven. And so the Lord Jesus hadn't died when he taught them the Lord's Prayer. The Kingdom of God has come when he taught them the Lord's Prayer. So the Lord's Prayer couldn't have been a New Testament prayer. I hope you understand this. That even when the Lord Jesus was alive on earth, I mean, before he died and went to heaven the first time, before finally going back again, before he actually did that, he was on the old covenant. Now, hear this. When he was teaching them to pray, he said, Our Father, who are in heaven. It was the Lord Jesus that introduced God to us as Father. 
And so it's essential for him to do this because there is about to be a change in dispensation. And men ought to be prepared for this change. Hallelujah. And so he said, pray in this manner. He gave them a prayer that is sufficient to hold them until the new birth is available. He didn't say continually pray like this. But he did give them an important uh, instruction. Do not use vain repetitions. So for now, pray in this manner. Our Father, who art in heaven, the next thing he said is, hallowed be thy name. Give us a figurative way. Say, when you approach God now as your father, approach him with thanksgiving. And then he said, Thy kingdom come. Somebody said, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Now, the rest is, you know the rest, right? After thanking God, the First thing the Lord Jesus asked or taught the people to actually do when they pray is to ask for the kingdom. Surely the kingdom must be so important. Ask for the kingdom. And then in John chapter 10, verse 10, he made a very important statement. He said, uh, The thief cometh to kill, to steal. And to destroy but it says i have come that you may have life but the reason i came is that you should have life and that you should have this life abundantly this life We're talking about our life the Lord Jesus is actually referring to the king. Praise the Lord. So in this dispensation of prayer, note this now, your prayer must be focused on the operation of the kingdom of God in you. I want you to understand this now and say to it, that God isn't coming from heaven. Maybe I should say it like this. The help isn't coming from heaven. Help is coming from inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should understand this. Things. That help isn't coming from heaven. You know, that as this psalm, I lift up my eyes to the heavens from whence comments my help. It says, my help cometh from the Lord. Have you? Now we do not lift our heads to the heaven when we need help. No. Praise the Lord. We come to the throne of grace in full assurance of faith. And where is this throne now? Is it in heaven? Is in you. Praise the Lord. Because God is in you. So we must understand this. That God is in us. 
the God you would have rather prayed to in heaven is now in you. And so if God is in you, praise God, you should learn to partner with God in you. So your prayers must be centered. Now, in this dispensation, your prayers must be centered on connecting with God in you. And this is why when you find it difficult to connect with the Holy Spirit, there's a challenge. There is usually a challenge. When you cannot connect with the Holy Spirit, then there is a big problem. Big one. It's not a small problem. It's a serious one. So, due to the dispensation of prayer in us, we do not expect help to come from heaven. Help is coming from inside of us because God is inside of us. And so, what we need to do is to depend on the help of the Holy Spirit to teach us how to use the abundance of grace we have. To teach us how to use the ability and power we have received. You know, many times we expect God to come down and fix things. But where will he come down from? From inside of you? Set it now. Your prayers is centered on the manifestation of God in you. I understand that this may make you feel like, uh uh, so are you saying now that I don't need to pray to God in heaven? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, pray to God, but with the full understanding that God is in you. It changes the. It changes the way you pray. It changes your understanding. It changes your attempts at prayer. It changes the entire process. Lord. It's so important we understand this. So, if what we used to pray in the Old Testament is not how we are supposed to pray now, then how are exactly are we supposed to pray? How exactly? Perhaps I should say this now, that if you would like to change something, if you need to change something, what you need is the prayer of faith. If your prayer, your expectations, your attempt is to change something, God wouldn't come down from heaven to change it. What you need is what is known as the prayer of faith. And this will take us to seven steps and answer prayer. So if you would like to change something, or you like to experience certain results in your life, or you would like to manifest certain gifts, or there's something you would like to change, there's a situation you would like to change 
you know, there's a sickness you like to get rid of, you know, many things like that. This is how to handle it. Seven steps to an answer prayer. Step number one, be specific and stand on the promises of God. First John chapter 5 and verse 14. First John chapter 5 and verse 14. First John 5. This is so important. Be specific. And stand on the promises of God. This is the first step to prayer. Be specific. First John 5.14, it reads as this. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The 91, the, the major reason, let me put it that way, the major reason why many prayers are left unanswered, or many praying do not bring bring results, is because they are done in hope. Know that they are done in hope and not in faith. Now, any prayer that is done in hope or any kind of praying that is based on hope cannot bring result. I went together now. Many times we pray to God. In the hope that he heard us. This major conviction about whether God heard us or not is one of the major reasons why we couldn't get answers to their prayers. We must understand that Christianity is so simple, but when we mix things up, we will not see it happen the way God has said it will happen. This is the confidence. First, you need to ask yourself in all of your praying. Do you have confidence in God? And what is the basis of your confidence? Can I ask you? Does your prayer or is your prayer backed by confidence in God? Now, if your prayer is backed by confidence, then what is the substance of this confidence? Two important things. It says you must have confidence in him. Now, how will this confidence come? That you ask, if you ask anything according to his will, he else. So to even get anything to happen, you must be confident that God heard you. Many people are doing are praying today in the hope that God heard them. So you see them praying in the morning, they will pray the same prayer in the afternoon, pray the same prayer in the evening, pray the next day, and they've been praying it like that for three years. Still, nothing has changed. Did God not hear? He did not hear. Praise God. I hate to say this, but that's the only truth. We have to be honest with each other. Did God not hear? He did not hear. Why? Because there is no 
confidence on your side i heard you and this confidence can only be based on one thing that you have asked according to his will and what is the will of god the will of god is the word of god the will of god is how god prefers things to be done and god reveals this to us by telling us Perhaps I should repeat that. The will of God is how God prefers things to be done. And God reveals this to us by telling us. He says, this is his will. That when we ask anything according to, I see this is the confidence, brother. That when we ask anything according to his will, he hears. So any prayer that you do not know the will of God concerning it for you, is a waste of time. Or let me say it this way. Going to God without first knowing his will regarding what you are about to pray for is a waste of time. I want to get it now. When we say his will now, we mean this word of God that serve as a for what for because i understand that sometimes you might be asking for direction and what is the basis of your confidence that god will hear you if you ask for direction because there is there is a particular word he has commended towards you in his work that says that if you need direction come to me i'll grant unto you i will together now We must understand this that hope can't help you in prayer hope is a product of a lack of the knowledge of the will of god when you don't know how god prefers things to be done you hope that he heard you or you hope that you got it right when a student takes an exam that he does not know he didn't attend the class and he just writes some things down he hopes that he's able to make it he hopes but if the student is well versed or well taught in the subject matter and knows the questions very well he writes them down answers them well and expects to get a particular kind of result in full faith because he believes that he knows there's a difference between hope in prayer and faith. And it's simple. Faith begins when the will of God is known. Your faith in God for your praying it starts when you know the will of God for your praying. I want to get it now. Now, not this. What we have been saying in essence is that you need to pray with the word. See, when we say pray with the word, we must now understand, we must have enough spiritual sense here. Because I have seen some praying with the word that are not exactly effective. I have seen people take the word of God and take some insinuations from the word and then pray with that insinuation. 
they look at what God did for somebody, probably in the Old Testament or New Testament, and then they began to pray that God should do the same thing for them. No! That's not a promise. Not that you go and pray, take the Bible and say, ah, First Kings chapter 18, verse 36, and Elijah prayed, and God sent down fire. And then after reading the passage, you now begin to pray to God, Father, in the name of Jesus, send down fire. You are joking, right? Sincerely, you must be joking. That is not praying according to the word. If it is fire you want, praise God. If it is fire that you want, you think it is fire that you need, praise God. Now, the Bible also tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 8, that you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The power to actually use the fire. So instead of praying for the fire, why not ask for the Holy Ghost? Now, if you have already had the Holy Ghost, why not engage the Holy Ghost? Why pray for fire? If you already have the Holy Ghost and you know you have the power, why not just call the fire out there? I want to get it now. So we should have enough spiritual sense to know how to use the word of God. We need enough spiritual sense to know how to pray with the word. So when we say pray with the word now, what I'm asking you to do is to find the promises of God that definitely promises you this thing. A promise of God that definitely says you are going to get it. Then take his word back to him. This is what you are doing. Because God has said that his word will not come back to him void. Because he shall prosper in the thing where he has sent you. So what you are doing is that you are taking his word back to God. When you do this, when you pray according to the word of God, you are taking his word back to him. There is full assurance that the word will not go back. This is where your confidence comes from. So when you speak what God has said, he heard you. I want you to be sure about this, that your confidence that God hears you can only come when you know his will. I'm talking about the prayer to change things now. And then there's, there's, there's a kind of praying where the will of God is not known. I get it. I understand the, that there is a prayer of commitment there where the will of God is not known. So you are just saying, Father, I'm available to do your will because I don't know your will. And so I don't do anything you want me to do. Oh, your will that means, just, well, we don't know what your will is yet. No, that's acceptable. I'm saying the prayer to change things. The prayer to change situations. The prayer to things around. The everyday kind of praying. You can't hope. You can't wait on hope on us. You need change. And so you need the word. I want to go there now. Learn to pray with the word. Learn to pray the word. That's the that's the proper way to put it. Find what definitely you have to be specific. This is what I want. 
that. If I have to summarize step number one, what we are saying is that you write this thing to, 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 these two things down now. That this is what I want, one, and this is the word of God that definitely says get it. Not that God has given before. So he's going to give me now. No, don't say that. Find the one that says you are going to get it. Do you understand the difference now? When you find the one that says it, then, praise God, you take it back to God in prayer. Now, another thing you want to because most of the time, yes, Romans, perhaps you should read the scripture so that we can understand. Romans chapter 8, verse 22. Thank you, Father. Romans 8, 32. Romans chapter 8, and verse 32. Now it says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things that god that didn't spare his own son but gave him up for him for you how can he not along with his son give you all things what the bible is saying is that when you receive the lord jesus you also receive all things along with him that's one praise god you also want received all things along with him romans 5 17 it says how if by one man's sin romans chapter 5 and verse 17 it says if by one man's offense death reigned by one it says much more they which receive abundance of grace hear this much more they which receive abundance of grace so what this means now in that is that praying for grace is wrong it was scriptural because you are saying that you have not received abundance So when you begin to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you give me more grace. It's unscriptural. You are wasting your time. That kind of prayer, God will know here. Because you are saying that you have not received the abundance of grace. That is what definitely says that you have received. So if I were you, if it is grace that I need, I would rather take this word of God and say, I have the abundance of grace in me. And so... In the name of Jesus, they begin to manifest. And definitely find the scripture that teaches you how to manifest this grace. Perhaps I should just mention this now. That, that grace is manifested through knowledge. There is one activator and multiplier of grace. It is the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Are we together now? So please, if you would... Uh, it is better for you, it's more expedient for you to divert the time you spend praying for grace to learning, to gathering the knowledge of God and that of our Lord Jesus. It will be more profitable, I can assure you. I'm going somewhere with this. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. If by one man's offense, then read by one, much more to receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, says, they shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. So, scripture.
just now. The first one says you have received all things along with all Jesus. The second one says that you are to reign by Christ. And so if you are experiencing a situation that you would like to change, it definitely means that one, you have what is required for you to change that situation. That's the first thing. Then two, as a king in this life, it means that you can make a decree and that thing can turn around. It means that it's supposed to happen in the first place. What is causing that situation to happen? The devil is about to manipulate you. So, and you can resist him only by the word of God. Many people have tried resisting the devil by prayers. They will fail. They have failed and they will continue to fail. Many have tried fighting the devil by praying, by fasting, by many other things. They will continue to fail. The only weapon that the devil does not have an answer to is the word of God. Matthew chapter 4. The only weapon that Satan does not have an answer to is the word of God. Because the word of God now, this is why, because the word of God is proof that he does not have the right to do whatever he's doing at that moment. And once he sees proof, and you know that you know this, he knows that you know this proof, he's going to, he's going to back out. Matthew chapter 4. Let's start from verse 7. He says, it is, Jesus said to him, now this is the devil, tempting the Lord Jesus. He came to the Lord Jesus, and he was tempting him. And then Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, verse 8. The devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Verse 9. And he said to him, All these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship him. Then Jesus said to him, Get you and Satan. Hear this. Jesus didn't say, Come here, let me slap you. Jesus didn't begin to say, In the name of Jesus. Satan, get away from me. He said, get you and Satan. Why should you get out of here, Satan? Because it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Verse 11. It says, then the devil leaves him. Hallelujah. The last time. Because it does not have any answer for you. I told this before. Here you go. Satan is not afraid of a praying man. No, 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 no. As long as somebody saying in prayer does not agree with the word of God, it does not have a problem. Satan has a problem with the man that has understanding the word of God and is using it. The only kind of Christian that can bother Satan and to him is the Christian that knows the, how to use the word of God. Are we together now? Praise the Lord. So use the word as a weapon. Use it to resist the devil. 
So the word of God is not something because there are some. I get that there are some times when we want to pray. What we need to change, see, we can see clearly that this is the work of Satan on it. Good. Then use the word of God to resist him. This is something that is so wonderful. It is so effective. The word of God can be so effective. I'll be frank with you now. It can be so effective that you begin to wonder, ah, ah. So it works like this. Praise God. That's step number one. Be specific. Don't just be saying, hey, Father, if you need anything, I'll take it. No, 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 no. Be specific. Don't just say, if the, if the Lord wills, let it come to pass in my life. You are just joking, right? But you, know, you want to say, Pastor, but Gideon did like that. Yes, that was Gideon. Under a different dispensation. When the prayer of faith is not a necessity. In fact, when faith was not a necessity, obedience is. Praise God. Faith is important, yes. But faith wasn't always the reasoning that God manifested in the lives of the Israelites. Obedience was. There are many things that God asked them to do. It is not like they believed, but they obeyed. Oh, so you think when God told Jehoshaphat, was it Jehoshaphat, to go to war with choirs first? Was it Jehoshaphat? A king, anyway. To go to war with choirs first. And this king put choirs first. And when they went to war, where their enemies came with hammering, they came with swords, they came with all kinds of weapons and giants, you know, and many things. And then you think it will be easy for them to be just say they believe God. And so because they believe God, they um put choirs first. No, 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 no. In fact, part of the choirs that were playing that song that day, they will still be scared. But they obeyed, even though they were scared. Gideon clearly didn't have faith originally, but he obeyed. Hallelujah. So there's a difference. You don't say, Father, if it is your will, let this come to pass. Okay, so Father, if it is you that wants me to do this, um, let this one happen so that we know that it is you. You are just you are joking, right? You say you are putting out a fleece. Come on, stop it. What nonsense fleece? Not, not what nonsense, please. What please? This is a time where God wants to communicate with you clearly. You don't need to put out a please to know what God is trying to do. The spirit in you is able to show you. I'm gonna now. But you must know that the Holy Spirit in you is able to show you first. Are we together now? This is step number one. Be specific. Don't just say, I trust God. That's going to prepare. He's going to plan for me. He's going to give me things that I desire. Have you asked? 
Be specific. This is what I desire. And God knows my heart desire. As another person who, that God knows my heart desire, we give them to me. Are you joking? So Jesus didn't know that God knows your heart desire when he said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Be specific. This is exactly what I want. This is the word of God that promises me this thing. And so I'm taking this word back to say, Father, you have said this. And so because you have said this, I am cashing on it. I am requesting for this. Are we together now? That's step number one. Be specific. Step number two. Step number two. You must ask God for that thing that which you want. Step number two. You must ask God intentionally with your mouth. Ask God for what you want and believe that you have it. Mm -hmm. You must ask God for what you want. Step number two is actually split into two. Ask God for what you want and believe that you have it. See, most people don't miss the asking part. They miss the being part. Praise God. Praise God. It says, this is the confidence that we have in him that when we pray according to his will, that he hears us and if indeed he hears us we know that we have received our petition we know that we have received hear that scripture this is the confidence that we know that we have that if we pray according to his will he will hear us now we have prayed according to the word of god which is step one because we have prayed according to this word we know that god heard us and so because we know that he had us, we know that we have received. How do we know that we received? By faith, we believe that we have received the instant we ask. I want to get it now. What I'm saying in essence is this, that one, don't leave things to God. Ask. Don't say, Father, you know my heart. Ask. Don't say you are the one that knows what I need best. Ask. So if you are confused, you don't know what exactly what to ask is good. They have the Holy Spirit to help you to ask. Even as you begin to pray in the Spirit. You must never leave out the asking part. It is your responsibility to ask. It is nobody's responsibility. Yours and yours only. Ask. Matthew chapter 7, from verse 7 to 8. Matthew 7, from 7 to 8. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. I find it so interesting that Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. He said, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Ask. Don't assume. Ask. Don't just hope. Ask. Ask and have faith. And be clear about it. Many people will tell you, I am trusting God on something. And when you ask them, what exactly did you ask God for? You say, well, 
God knows my heart desires have just been asking him to fulfill my heart desires. What are those heart desires? Don't they have specific things? Are there no specific things you can mention so that you can back them up by the word of God? We, don't, we shouldn't let the devil to rob us in the place of prayer that, that trying to be modest by trying to, you know, to form a kind of, uh, you know, a, a kind of modesty that is not necessary. Ask. If you are going to ask, please ask. If you are not going to ask, don't ask. Don't waste your time. John chapter 16. That's 23 to 24. John chapter 16. The gospel according to St. John chapter 16. John 16. From verse 23. Now it is. It says, in that day, in what day? It says, and in that day you shall ask me nothing. In that day. In what day? In the day of a new dispensation, a new dawn. When he would have completed the sacrifice and he would have ushered in a new heart, a new covenant. In that day, which is today, this day, it says, you shall ask me nothing. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you shall ask the Father in, in my name. Now, hear this. Whatever you shall ask the Father in my name. He will give it to you. So, you are expected, hear this now, to ask whatever it is you want to ask. You are expected to ask the Father in the name of Jesus. Not God, not the Holy Spirit. You know, many times, especially I come from, uh, I have a background in some certain kind of churches, I would not mind to mention to, to keep away the label. Then we pray in this manner. You see, we used to think it's a wonderful way to pray. Until I discovered that what is the, what why do we put the Holy Spirit into that prayer? When we shout Father in the name of Jesus, and then we shout the Holy Spirit. What exactly is the Holy Spirit doing there? Many people they're asking God to do something and they're sending the Holy Spirit on an errand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Men, you can't direct your prayers to the Lord Jesus. You can't direct your prayers to the Holy Spirit. If you are praying to change things, your prayers are directed to the Father. Father, in the name of Jesus. And please let me say this once of all now that once is enough. Please, once is enough. God is not dead. And certainly God didn't ask you to ask, call his name three times. Neither did he, as he asked you to call the Holy Spirit seven times before he answers you. So calling the name of the Father, or calling the name of Jesus seven times before we begin to pray, or calling fire 200 times before we begin to pray is pointless. I'm not throwing shades. I'm telling you what the Bible says. That in that day, you ate whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. That is simple. 
The process is that you ask the Father in my name. Not me, not the comforter. The Father. So, you don't start your prayer with Lord Jesus. No. Father, in the name of Jesus. Or you don't say, Father, or you don't say, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. Father, in the name of Jesus. You see, many times there are many things we want to ask for. Now, hear me very well. There are many things we want to ask for. Okay, or there are many things that we want to do that it would seem as though praying to the Father is not necessary. And this is because we have forgotten the role of thanksgiving before we pray. So if it is something you already have, it's not that you want to ask God to give to you. You can still say, Father, let's say for example, you want to um, utilize the power you have in a situation. Or you want to command something to change. You don't just say in the name of Jesus, I command you to turn and go. Of course, you can do that. But if you would like to pray to God, let's say you are in prayer, and in the middle of that prayer, you want to make some commands or you want to make certain declarations, you still have to say, Father, in the name of Jesus. And then you thank God for the opportunity you have to use this authority in Christ Jesus. Then you can use the authority. This man, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the authority that I have in Christ Jesus. I thank you for all the abundance of grace that I have. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you for this. Now, you can now use what you have. This is what the Lord Jesus did when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He says, Father, I thank you because you always hear me. Now, I am not saying this because of myself, but because of the people that are around there. And after he has done said that, he now said, Lazarus. Notice he didn't say, Father, Lazarus. No, he wanted to use the authority he had, but he thanked God first for it. And then he said, Lazarus, comfort. Yes, you might be required to speak change into that situation, but learn to give thanks before you do so. Hallelujah. Learn to give thanks before you do so. I want to get it now. We're still reading John chapter 16, verse 23 to 24. says, Till now, you have asked nothing in my name. He said, Ask not for my name, in my name. Till now, you have asked nothing in my name. He says, Ask. And you shall receive that your joy may be full. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Mark chapter 11. We're still on step number two. Mark chapter 11. The gospel according to Saint Mark. Praise God, chapter 11, verse 23. Now it says, For truly I say to you, please hear the words. If you have been distracted at this moment, this is the time to pay attention, please. It says, For truly I say to you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, 
be thou removed and be you cast into the sea now when the lord jesus was talking about mountain he used the language figuratively it was not just referring to a mountain in particular i mean he wasn't just talking about a mountain or physical mountain he was talking about every appearance of a mountain so an obstacle could be a mountain for you a sickness could be a mountain a death could be a mountain I will get it now. A situation could be a mountain. A marital problem could be a mountain. A business-related problem could be a mountain. I want to get it now. It says, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be you removed and be you cast into the sea, is that shall not doubt in his heart. He says, But shall believe that that which he says shall come to pass he says we have it is as long as removed and be cast into sea and shall not doubt in his spirit but he believes that those things which he has said shall come to pass he says we have whatever it is he has said I was looking now. If we have whatever it is, he has said. So, if no doubt is at, notice now, the believing is the key. Many times believers want to believe Jesus is Lord. Imagine it is even believers. Many times believers want to believe. I want to hear now. Believers want to believe after they have received. No. You have to believe the moment you ask. The believing is the key. The key to receiving when we pray in faith is to believe before we receive. Not believe after we have received. This can be tough to do, and so it is difficult. In fact, not tough. It is difficult to believe before you receive without the word of God. Because it's the word that brings us faith. The Bible says that so then faith called hearing and hearing now the word of God. I want to get it now. Say so faith comes by hearing and hearing now the word of God. Faith. Comment by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you have heard the word of God, you have prayed with the word of God, the faith must come. And then it becomes the basis for you to receive. So without faith, it is impossible for you to receive. How together now? You know, I was reading a post sometimes ago. And the person was saying, uh, you know, <laughs> that uh, he, he, he rejects the teaching that says that God is not an emotional being, that God does not respond to emotions, that how can God not respond to tears? How can God not respond to our cries? That after all, to the crew of God to not respond to us when we cry. And then he finished it because he has made us emotional beings. 
that how can God create us emotional beings and then he will not respond to us or our, our emotions. It will paint God as a pure, as a as a poor father, a father that does not understand parenthood well. And so since our father is a father that is a, a perfect example of a father, then God will respond to our tears. Lack of understanding. Simple question. God did not create us to be emotional beings. And this is where the person has made the mistake. God didn't create us to be emotional and he does not expect us to live by our emotions. But the Bible says to be carnally minded. This is what it means. Is that how can you in a state of death expect to attract the player of God? Doesn't work. It says to be carnal minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. That is, to live by your emotions is death. And so that means that means now separation from God. A man that is separated from God cannot, you know, speak God. So please. I get it that we can be emotional, even Jesus Christ. But the Christ will change the Bible says that Jesus wept when Lazarus died. But his weeping didn't wake Lazarus. And so I was so surprised that the emotions were so serious that God should have just like looked at Jesus' emotions and then woke Lazarus up. He must be joking. So notice that God responds to faith. The believing is the key. You can try many other things, it won't work. I can assure you. The believing is the key. Romans chapter 3, verse 4. It says, God forbid, yes. Let God be true. Instruction is for you. The person that has prayed or that is about to pray. Let God be true. Every man a liar. As it is written, that you might be justified in your sins and might overcome when you are judged. Let God be true. Speak what God has said to what you are going through. Speak what God has said to that mountain. Speak what God has said to that situation. Speak what God has said. Jesus said, if you speak to a mountain, that it should be removed. He said, it will not remain there as long as you do not doubt in your heart. So the issue is not whether you doubt or not. The issue is not about whether it makes you cry. The issue is not about whether it makes you helpless. The issue is not about whether you have cried to God about this countless of times. In fact, the issue is not about whether you are fasting. The issue is, have you spoken to it according to the word of God? Man, if you have spoken to the situation according to the word of God, are you holding fast to that profession? And do you believe that you have received? 
before you receive. In the world, the world believes that seeing is believing. And this is a major problem of people in the world why they cannot understand Christianity. I believe firmly that no man born of flesh and blood can understand Christianity except by the Holy Spirit. No man, sincerely speaking. Because man, men now are wired to live by what they see or what their senses can perceive. Even their understanding of faith and religion is based on what they can understand. And this is why any man that is trying to use his brain to connect faith or to understand faith is going to fail. And this is why no matter the, how knowledgeable you are or how learned you are, if you are trying to understand faith by the knowledge of the world or the reasonings of the world, it will never make sense. Because God's word is not intended to make sense. It is intended to make faith. Are we together now? People in the world, can't, they can't understand the of faith. And so many believers are mixing up here. We are trying to receive. I want to get it down. We are trying to receive. And then believe. And when we receive, we believe. Many people. That when you feel better, you believe God. When your headache has subsided, then you believe that it's healing you of that cancer of the brain. When you begin to get, when you begin to, uh, you know, receive SMS or get calls from your friends, then you believe that God is about to give you a job. Hmm? You need a certain amount of money. When you begin to get smaller versions of it first coming, then you believe that God is helping you to solve that problem. That is not so. No one can stop trying to receive by faith receive by faith i can understand it for them in the world seeing is belief no man can believe things i mean man i mean natural man now no natural man can believe things without first seeing them and when we see say see now we mean perceive by the sense by the senses by the five senses or even a sixth sense, the intuition. So men will not believe until they can, you know, interpret the information or see the information by their five senses. But for believers, for new creations in Christ, believing is seen. Without the believing, there is no seeing. In fact, until you believe, you can't see. This is what we mean. So when you believe that in your spirit now that you have received what you have asked for, what it means is that you have seen it spiritually that God has done it. What will follow is the physical manifestation. 
So if you are still trying to believe after you have seen, then there's a problem. I was going to now. What you need to do is to believe and then see. The key to operating the prayer of faith effectively is always believing. And you see, I am emphasizing on this because it has rendered a lot of people, uh, you know, how do I say, powerless in their prayer life. They have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and probably tired of praying, but because they don't have another option, they have come back to praying, trying to receive, hoping that God helped them. I'm telling you again, that hope has no place in prayer. You notice what about scriptures now? John 16, 23 to 24, Mark 11, 23 to 24, you know, Matthew 7, 7 to 8, you will not see anything about hope there. It didn't say ask and hope, and then in due time, you will receive. It didn't say that too. It says, ask and it shall be given. So if I ask in faith, I believe, family, it shall be given. As and when needed. So learn to ask in full faith. I want to get it now. We're going to stop on step number two today. Learn to ask in full faith. Learn to ask in full faith. Praise God. Learn to ask in full faith. Stop hoping that God heard you. Stop hoping that maybe God is going to do something about it. Learn to ask in full faith. Believe me that you will receive. We're going to take two steps now. We're going to take step number one together this evening and step number two step number one we're going to ask god according to a specific promise of god praise the lord and um how help us tonight because i understand that some of us might not have been able to get the uh, get the scripture some of us. Praise the Lord. One of these promises is the scripture we have just read. John chapter 16, verse 23 to 24. We have just read it long, 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 long ago. John chapter 16. It says, and in that day you shall ask me nothing. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Till now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive. This is a definite promise of God. That when you ask 
in the name of Jesus that you will receive. What exactly is that thing that you desire? What exactly is it? What exactly is it? The Lord Jesus said, if you ask in his name, if you ask the Father in his name, you will receive. If you receive that you need. The word of God says that if the spirit of him that is Christ from the dead dwells in you, it says from inside of you, it giveth life to your mortal body. The word of God also says, you can hold on to these promises even as we're praying. I'm just helping you. That he himself bore our infirmities. On his body he bore our sicknesses and afflictions on his body and by his stripes we are healed so you can claim your healing tonight he bore the afflictions already he bore the sicknesses on his body already and by his stripes you were not you will be you were so all that is needed is to claim your healing according to the scripture. I believe you're doing so now. Praise the Lord. If you are experiencing worry or troubled on any side or distressed, Romans 5 1 it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, I have peace with God. You can declare your peace. You can declare the peace of God that passes human understanding. You can declare it over your life. You can declare peace over these storms. You don't even need to ask. You are at peace with God. God is at peace with you. You're all right. You can declare this peace. The word of God says that if God be for you, who can be against you? If it is as there are people that have ganged up against you, they are accusing you wrongly, or you are in a situation that is a bit tough, you can declare the scripture that God is for you. No one or nothing can stand against you. You can stand on this promise of God and begin to declare it now. If it is that the devil is exercising authority over a particular area of your life, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. It says, who has delivered us from the power and authority of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And so you can declare your freedom from the power and authority of darkness tonight based upon that word of God. You can begin to declare now that I am set free from the power and authority of darkness. You can begin to declare this now. I am set free. I am set free. 
answer for you. If it is that you would like to manifest the, the divine nature on you, praise the Lord. We are praying. It may not seem like we are praying, but we are praying. is a very important prayer. I'm helping you. If it is that you would like to manifest the divine nature in you, the word of God for you is that the spirit of the Lord God is upon you. You have been baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Because the Lord has anointed you to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent you to heal the broken to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. And even as you go forth, out of your belly flows rivers of living water. You can begin to declare this now, even as you manifest them. Begin to declare, begin to declare. Continue to declare. Continue to declare. Romans 8.32. We're gonna be stopped. Make sure you are declaring. It says, He that spared not his own son, how shall he not along with him freely give us all things? And so begin to declare your abundance of all things in all situations. Begin to declare your abundance. There can be no lack for you, you have all things. Continue to declare. 